0: Time for the Liz Calloway Show. You asked for it, and we got it. Now six to ten weekday mornings, always local, always live, always right. down Here's Liz and Nick on Talk 94.5.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. It is Wednesday, October 12th. And, um, you know, we have a beautiful day out. Yeah. No, you are not really listening. Well, it was a really nice sunrise.
0: Ah, Can, You
1: got to give me Elisa. that. I'll give was you that. It a beautiful sunrise. It was a great sunrise. <laughs> it was definitely a great Rain sunrise. Rain moving
0: in, wet and rainy tomorrow. And oh. then this weekend... Beautiful. Oh, good. Sunshine Perfect. and low to mid-70s.
1: Good, because we have a lot of uh, festivals in town in the Grand Strand area, so we're excited about uh, all of that happening. So it is uh, 9.08 on The Liz Calloway Show, and I just wanted to, um, to let you know that I saw... This um, author, Richard C. Lyons, uh, talking, uh, you know, really about uh, about the DNA of democracy. I listened to a couple of the interviews and you can find him at Richard dot com. That's Lyons with a Y. I was uh, lucky enough to be able to get him on the show. He's joining us right now. He's the author of many things. He's a poet. He's a screenwriter. But he's written a book called The DNA of Democracy. And uh, he is joining us live on the air right now. Good morning, Richard.
0: Uh, good morning, Liz. Good morning, Nick. Good morning.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. I, I wanted to ask you, sure. first of all, about this book. What, I mean, this is an incredible historical project that you embarked on. Um, it-, it must have been a monster to tackle, to, to follow democracy and trends throughout history. Tell us, how, why did you decide to write this book and how did you get started?
0: Uh, well, that's a longer story than the books themselves, but I would, <laughs> I would say, like, like a lot of people in America, uh, Liz, a f- number of years ago, I started wondering uh, what was going wrong with our government, mm-hmm. why it's, it seemed to be acting outside the Constitution regularly, why our country was becoming divided, and why normal people started feeling unrepresented. So this is actually a work of two volumes. The first is DNA of Democracy, which is the DNA of democracy. It's the building blocks historically that went into our form of government and why it is so utterly unique. And then the second volume, Shadows of the Acropolis, is a a chronicle of the last hundred years since the founding of the administrative state and how that is a different form of governance affecting our constitutional governance.
1: Sounds like these would read like textbooks. Um, you know, no, not at all. N- right, not at all.
0: It's a, exactly. It's a series of stories.
1: It's a series of stories and essays, but you know, it seems like it should also be a textbook. You know what I mean? It should be a must-read for someone in political science because I am sure that as you're reading these essays, and I don't have the book, but uh, I've been reading about it and listening to your interviews, it seems to me that yeah. you probably uncovered uh, many trends. That that you had uh, seen when you were un- uh, unveiling and unraveling all these historical references, did, you know, I'm sure you learned a lot about all these different uh, civilizations and government setups. But what did you find to be the trend? Because that is really, as far as I've learned about uh, this type of idea of a democracy, is that it it pretty much has a it has a uh, a lifespan and we're beyond yeah. our lifespan. That's what I've read. Um, and so this is when where tyranny starts to, to come into being, and that we actually see that unfolding over the last couple of decades here. And so maybe you can put that in perspective with what you have learned from your historical uh, references.
0: Well, that, that's a great question, Liz, but a really big one. And it goes back to the research you write that I did for DNA of Democracy. And I found that tyranny has a certain set of characteristics or DNA, and that those, you know, they are force and will, right? They are having an army and exercising it. Whereas liberty is based on a diffusion of powers. So if you go back to Athens, it was a diffusion of of the vote among all the citizens of Athens. So the problem with a democracy, the problem with ours in the modern day, is that when you base a government based on the diffusion of powers, power itself is based on concentration. So starting a century ago, 100 years ago exactly, the administrative state was born, and it's been accumulating power and centralizing it in Washington, D.C. for 100 years. And now you're finding it in conflict with our Constitution, and some of the symptoms of that is uh, Biden being able to take a half a trillion dollars worth of debt and shift it as a president to other people of our citizens. It's in the undefended southern border, which the executive is specifically assigned to defend. These are symptoms of a larger problem, and the problem is our drift away from the Constitution.
1: We're speaking with Richard C. Lyons, the author of The DNA of Democracy. I have to ask you then. Um, there are a lot of people that point to Trump and and refer to him as uh, a a tyrant wannabe, someone who wants to have this type of control. Now, one of the things that we've learned about tyranny is that a tyrant will also will sometimes come and say, well, I'm the savior. I'm the one who's going to save you. I'm going to protect you. <laughs> and so we say, yes, yes, that's what we need. We need you to protect us. And then that person gets in. And then the next thing you know, um, they just usurp more and more control. So a lot of people were saying, uh, likening the way Trump was, uh, you know, talking about how, he is here to save America, likening him to a tyrant. So do all tyrants seek to be a tyrant or do they get corrupted along the way for some reason? Can we trust that someone like Trump? Because I'm a huge Trump fan. I believe in what he's uh-huh. saying. I, you know, so I, I mean, I want to believe that his heart is in the right place. But is it is it built in the human DNA that eventually they just let all that power go to their head?
0: Well, that's, that's a couple of questions, Liz, and one is human nature, and we can get back to that in just a minute. But Trump actually worked through the democratic process according to the Constitution. He was reviled, and he was set up by the administrative state, uh, many agencies thereof, because he threatened what I call the castle keep of uh, the administrative state. He, he was known for the mantra, you're fired. Right. Yeah. From this television show. Mm-hmm. They took that seriously. And he is as big a threat to the administrative state as Ronald Reagan was. Uh, they are both persons who believe in more liberty, not less, not in tyranny, but in founding principle. Um, so they are the, the, the bigger threat now as to, to human to, nature. To
1: people who want to have total control. That's who they're a threat to. Yes, not correct. Not to us, correct
0: yeah. Yeah. Correct. So if you, if you look at what the government has become, and this is why it is tempting to be a tyrant. There are over 400 agencies in the administrative state that proliferate rules every day by which we have to live as though they were laws. And our legislature has really cast off their duty to be a representative body in that respect. And so if you have someone like Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump they want to reduce the budgets of the administrative state. They want to reduce the regulations. That's mm-hmm. a threat. Yeah. It's a main threat. So we're finding a Leviathan that is, you know, and, and all Trump did was poke it. He just poked it mm-hmm. a little bit. And, and the retaliation I go into in Shadows of the Acropolis called Leviathan's retaliation and all the mechanisms that were unleashed from the CIA, the FBI, um, it, it they were and the media, it was a remarkable hailstorm that he had to survive and be president. I would have gone. I, I would have been at my wit's end if I were him. Hmm.
1: Richard, I have to ask you about Senator Rand Paul. Uh-huh. Do you have an opinion about him? Because in the beginning, I was like, you know, shut up. Okay. Now I'm like, <laughs> keep talking. Uh, you know, I just feel like he was right all along. And, you know, yeah. with the whole Patriot Act and the NSA yeah. and in the beginning, you know, I was a 9-11 survivor, you know, from New York. And I'm sitting there saying, well, no, we have to, we have to tap all these foes. We have to find, and, and so people came on to say, we're going to protect you from the big, bad terrorists that used our own airplanes and our own technology to kill, you know, 3,000 plus people. And people are still dying today, okay, from uh, 9-11 related illnesses. So, of course, we're like, yes, bomb the heck out of Iraq. I don't care, you know, know, (laughs) do drone strikes. I don't care. And so now we're like, what in the world did we do? What did we do? Okay.
0: Well, that, that, again, is explained in Shadows of the Acropolis. And what occurred was after 9-11, you're dead on. Um, there was a In order to create homeland security, uh, George Bush centralized all the intelligence and law enforcement agencies in the country. Now, that is good and bad. It's good if you want to find a bad guy. It's bad if you're a good guy and they turn their sights on you. Right. Because they are coordinated now, right? There's one head of that. Um, So if they dislike a Donald Trump, all that power is used against that president. That is anti-constitutional. So yes, it is a threat. Now, Rand Paul, he is a a great libertarian in the best tradition of libertarian, and and, uh, what a sharp guy. I'm Mm -hmm. a big fan. I'm a big fan. And just like you, I wasn't at the start. Okay. geez, (laughs) the the guy's a renegade. What's he talking about? And then I is he and trying then to I, get us all start,
1: killed, you know. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I started listening though, and when you listen and you know, to consecutive interviews, you go, "Wow, this has a pattern and it makes sense." And it's again, it's too much power in one place. When they when they created this Homeland Security, that's a lot of power under one person. Mm. Just like the administrative state is a lot of power under one president.
1: How about so the that's, FDA? That's the,
0: trouble. the the EPA or the whom? the FDA? I'm oh, talking yeah. about
1: I'm talking yeah. about the fact that they're controlling right. our health care, and they are keeping uh, healthy people on drugs.
0: Yes, and, I, know. I know it's it's horrible.
1: And they're and they're controlling our ability to function by by you know our food now they want to take over they've been trying to for decades try and take, take over the supplements uh you know market they yeah. want to control how we keep ourselves selves healthy and they want to say no 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 that's not good for you you need this and so here we are we faced as a country i mean i'm wondering i believe you wrote the dna the demo- uh, the dna of democracy prior to the covid
0: pandemic right uh, yes, okay. I did. That's so, right. So
1: what it, it, has your perspective? It has more
0: changed? Akin to, yeah, it has, it has more akin to do with shadows of the Acropolis, which goes into the human nature that if you have any power, uh, you seek to you seek to have more power. So all these agencies are now grasping mm-hmm. for more power out of Washington, D.C., whereas our states Uh, We're better with that power. Uh, That was our original constitutional design. Every state should be able to decide for itself, for its citizens.
1: You know, Richard. We're speaking with Richard C. Lyons. You can go to richardclions.com, dot Lions with a Y. The DNA of democracy. He's an author. I, I wanted to uh, let you know that one time uh, the South Carolina Tea Party had a convention here, and I was given ten minutes to speak. I was kind of like a throwaway. They were like, "Oh, just fill in this spot," and I was like, "Okay." So I went in there and I and I did my speech, and I said, "You know what?" I said, "That's I, not true." I said, "I don't." I said, "I don't want to to be quoting the Bible just to quote the Bible." But even Jesus Christ went into, you know, the, the, the his father's house and tossed, you know, drove out the oxen, tossed the, the bird cages and let the doves and all this stuff. I said, you know, he wasn't turning another cheek you know, like that. So I said, we need someone to go into Washington. Into our house and to toss out and drive out all these money changers, these corrupt people that are supposedly our good leaders. Right? Um, we need yes. to drive them out. And so here we have, uh, you know, Trump coming in there. He they're shaking in their boots. And and you know, I agree with yeah. you. They saw Correct. they saw you know you're fired coming their way. But I've been hearing yeah. a lot of things about this creating Schedule F, as in Frank. In the accepted service, I've heard like rumors of this about Trump and what he plans to do in 2024. And this came from a report in Axios that he is going to be coming. And Axios, you know, is a a liberal rag. um, But he's going to reclassify. This is what they say. I don't know if it's true or not. Reclassify tens of thousands of protected federal workers and allow him to implement mass firings and fill their positions with his loyalists, which to me means, I mean, they make it sound bad, but to, which means to me is the people who care about democracy. I mean, that's what it means to me. So yes. uh, I'm just wondering, where does this play in in what you've learned about tyrants? Because they're always trying to say Donald Trump is a, is an egotistical, narcissistic tyrant. They always try and say
0: that. Well, then, you know, it's a lot of name-calling, and, and frankly, you know, his personality is very New York. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a little grating, and, but, you know, he stands his ground mm-hmm. like a New Yorker and fights back like he's in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so I And with what he had to deal with, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Now, if he has a plan to—the to, way I put it in Shadow—I hope he reads the book, Shadows of the Acropolis— But the way I put it in that in the book is it will take a generation of constant voting against Mm. this administrative state to reduce it and to reallocate its powers back to the states and localities and individuals where it belongs. It'll take generations, but it has to start somewhere. So if he has a plan F, I'd love to read it.
1: Okay, so uh, so in I'm wondering what you think you think Trump should win in 2024 do you think he should run in 2024
0: I think the voters should decide and i don't think the uh, justice department or mm. the fbi should decide <laughs> that and they are trying to yes. decide that right now a court in in, in new york well isn't that one is, of uh, the trying to decide that
1: well isn't that one of the uh, the top things that that real tyrants do they weaponize the law enforcement against the, its own people yes.
0: Well, yes, but it's the Democratic Party, and and, exactly. and it is not Biden. The person from the Democratic Party is not Joe Biden. What
1: is the best way to identify a tyrant?
0: Um, by acts that are anti-constitutional. So if you are, you mentioned the Tea Party before. The IRS was used as an agency to stop it from assembling by disabling it financially. They went into a system of investigations and audits against every conservative group in America at the time. That's tyranny. To to take rule to take laws like the like the Clean Water Act and create rules which allows the EPA to govern whether a rancher can build a pond in Wyoming, that's tyranny. So everything that the Democrats or you know the left calls tyranny um, they are guilty of turning themselves.
1: What about those who were told that they have to stay home, wear masks, and <laughs> not be employable if they don't take an unproven, deadly vaccine?
0: Yeah. Right. I, I don't think any one person should decide that. And certainly not Dr. Fauci, who's, <laughs> uh, whose career has been dubious at best. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, a poor man to rely on. And, you know, give Trump credit for that, yeah. having to put up with that.
1: I'm, I'm really concerned, Richard, that this whole vaccine thing, this warp speed thing is just going to bite Trump in the end, um, that they're going to pin all of this, you know, enlarged hearts and, and deaths from the jab and injury from the jab because yeah. he put too much pressure on scientists to deliver. Um, I'm, I'm afraid I don't know I, I don't know if you have any uh, feelings about that, but I just I always have that feeling. Uh, this is really uh, the whole thing with leading up to to what's happened not only with with the vaccine but Hunter Biden. Uh, You know, I don't know if you heard parts of uh, the interview yesterday. Uh, Joe Biden is talking about how Hunter has turned his life around. He's he's clean. He's he's, you know, the smartest man he knows. He's so proud of his son. But he might be, you know, ready to to to. I mean, do you think anything is going to happen with him about lying uh, about using drugs on a gun application? Like really, do you think honestly something's going to happen there?
0: But well, there again, Liz, you're you're all right. We're talking about a lot of skirmishes, and frankly, the war is a bigger war. Mm. In in shadows of the Acropolis, I go into the Clinton administration. And it's a chapter called Equal Justice versus Leviathan's Privilege. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, when you own the Justice Department, you can create outcomes for your own people, and you can attack your opponents anytime you want. So I'm sure that you know they're, they're concentrating on this gun charge because the much larger thing that isn't in the media as much as it should be is he, just like the Clintons before him, taking money from foreign entities in order to uh, work against his own government. Oh, disgusting. This is, it's disgusting. It's treason. Mm-hmm. According to the Constitution, it's treason. But of course, he won't, he won't be charged with that. He'll be charged with a gun charge, and he'll get off.
1: So this is where I don't understand, and this is where a lot of people are like, okay, well, now we have a Republican in in the White House, so now everything is going to be fair. But that's not true because the deep state really does exist.
0: Yes. Well, what what you have, and this is our representative government has persons who go in and out based on elections, right? Mm -hmm. And their oversight, they can't oversee the massive nature of the administrative state. Again, it's over 400 uh, administrative agencies and another 185, what I call dependency agencies, which deal with welfare and all the outlays from government, they, they don't have the means. And they come and go while the administrative state is lifetime appointments. You can't fire them.
1: Hmm.
0: You, you can't unless for extreme cause. You have to, And then you have to go to court. It's the opposite of our constitutional design where everyone in government is supposed to be elected, everyone who creates laws.
1: What do we, where, where do you see this going, Richard? I mean, are you making any recommendations? Are you telling people, you know, I, I don't know. What do we do? What do we do about this? It, it seems insurmountable. I know you said we have to keep electing people, the right people, for decades before we can actually right the ship. But.
0: Well, the first thing is to diagnose the problem. And the first thing is to know we're we're always dealing in skirmishes. Uh mm-hmm. The real war is between the DNA of democracy and the DNA of the administrative state. It's that basic. Um, And the power in the administrative state and the relative power in our representative government, Uh, the administrative state is now dominant. So once people recognize that, and I outline it in depth in shadows of the Acropolis, how it happened, why it happened, and why why it's a dangerous thing. If everybody recognizes that, I think the voting pattern is going to change, and we will start voting this type of power out of power through our representatives, uh, representatives in Congress. Richard, That's my hope.
1: Richard C. Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S dot com. Thank you so much um, for joining us and, and thank you for the conversation. We've had a lot of uh, great feedback on our text line, or PCRX mobile outfitter's text line, uh, based on our conversation here. So ha- great. How, how? what is the best way people can follow your daily thoughts?
0: Um, it would be on um, Richard dot com or on Gab. GAB.com.
1: All right. Good to know. Well, thank you so much, and I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.
0: Okay, great, Liz. Thank you very much. Liz Calloway and Nick Summers will be back in a few on Talk 94.5.